In today's age of advanced technology, telescopic engineering, and interplanetary discoveries, not to mention the recently disclosed files released by the US government, it is fair to say that the possibility of uncovering life on other planets is not too far away. We are now closer than ever to discovering the question with regards to our place within the universe, and in comparison to the wide arrays of stars, planets, and obscure celestial bodies that reside in the cosmos. Nowadays, despite the evidence which is being presented and scrutinized on a daily basis, as well as the shifting beliefs and perspectives on the UFO phenomenon, there are some cases which still remain unsolved or overlooked. In the case of the Medford UFO sighting that occurred in the winter of 1975, this premise surely applies. If you haven't heard of it, you're not the only one. So what happened on that day, nearly half a century ago? Who saw the mysterious object? And what subsequent events transpired that resulted in a case which even attracted the likes of the actor Leonard Nimoy to be shut down as quickly as it came to light? Join us on this episode of Destination Declassified as we investigate the mystery that was the 1975 Medford UFO incident. For the majority of us who are interested in matters concerning UFOs and possible contact with extraterrestrials, the case that occurred in Medford is probably too historic for us to remember. The small town in question is located 45 miles south of the so-called Twin Cities, between Faribault and Oatana, and is directly off Interstate 35. Though it has a small population of approximately 1,000 people, it is reported that an average of 33,000 vehicles pass by or through Medford on a daily basis, which makes this case even more pertinent, as the mechanical craft seen in the sky that day is unlike anything the townsfolk had seen before. Medford, which is also 60 miles south of Minneapolis and home to the popular Twin Cities radio network, has never really been in the spotlight or considered newsworthy due to its mundane happenings and small town life. That is, as it was, until November 2nd, 1975. It all began around 9.30pm, where locals, travellers, and even law enforcement officials witnessed a large, mysterious object in the skies above their small community. The craft, though difficult to identify due to the nighttime darkness and disproportionate cloud cover, emanated flashes of light from an array of beacons which were apparently attached to its exterior. One of the first witnesses to see the structure was Janet Kay, a young teenager at the time. Being a senior at Medford High School, Janet had a keen interest in writing and journalism, and had recently become editor of the school's newspaper. As she sat at her desk, studying her homework, she happened to glance out at the window and spotted something that would not only become the story of the week, but would be reported in the news, in one way or another, in the months and years to follow. According to the inquisitive teenager, she recalled seeing what she described as a UFO coming down out of the sky, as it made its way slowly towards her. Transfixed by the aerial entity, Janet, alongside her brother Jerry and mother Helen, watched as it glided downwards and across the nighttime smog, before eventually vanishing out of sight. 
Mrs. K noted that it was about 700 feet from the house and it disappeared behind one of the buildings, towards the nearby football fields. The lights were the most prominent characteristics of the abnormal ship, which Helen also recounted to journalists as having flashed red, green and white, whilst her son Jerry noticed smoke ejecting from the underside of its vessel. Not content with seeing the object just once, the family jumped in their car and decided to pursue the UFO in the hope of getting a better look at it. However, they were unable to get as close after coming upon a dead end on the road not long after setting off. Though unable to get near the spectre, they did see it one last time as it ascended back into the dull sky above, maneuvering itself easily over the nearby hillside before taking off towards the northeast of Medford. After the initial excitement and subsequent car chase, Janet was able to gather her thoughts and recount her feelings to reporters, stating that it didn't frighten me when I looked out of the window and saw it, but afterwards, when I realized what I had seen was unexplainable, that's when it started to get scary. The Kay family were certainly not the only ones to witness the unidentified craft as it made its way across Medford. Local residents Donald and Leona Raftal were driving down Highway 3, just south of the interstate, and around the same time Janet Kay saw the supposed spaceship, when they too noticed a flash of light in the distance. Initially, the couple assumed the luminous burst to be a bolt of lightning or helicopter, and initially joked about the possibility of it being a UFO. As they continued on their journey towards the heart of the town, Mrs. Raftal noticed the object more clearly as it hovered in the sky distributing a long beam of red-coloured light from its core. The married couple's initial humour suddenly took a sinister turn as they realised that whatever it was, it wasn't a plane or helicopter. Mrs. Raftal confirmed that the object went over Hamel's pit and we decided to follow it. It appeared to be a couple of hundred feet up. My husband said he thought he saw smoke coming from it. An almost identical description, timeline and tracking log that the Kay family described and noted during their experience with the flying object. And so, with the Raftal's testimony marrying up with the Kay family's encounter, local law enforcement were notified. However, this was not before a member of their own unit at the Medford Police Department had caught his own glimpse of the spacecraft. Officer Rufus Alexander had been dispatched to the west of the town due to complaints of individuals setting off flares into the sky and across the nearby housing estates yet he would find no evidence of such behaviours having taken place upon his arrival and inspection. According to the Awatona People's Press a few days after the event, it was recorded that Officer Alexander was making his way back to the station on County Road 12 at around 9.30pm when he noticed a group of cars parked up on the side of a nearby street. Pulling over to see what all the fuss was about, the officer was greeted with confusion and an ounce of fear on the part of the motorists when they diverted his gaze to the skies above. According to Alexander, it was moving northeasterly, and all of a sudden it seemed to stop and hang for some time, then it took off again. As well as consistently changing colour, he even admitted that even though he didn't believe in the supernatural or paranormal, the sighting left him baffled and unable to conjure up a decent explanation for his debriefing report later that evening on his return to the station. Interestingly, the police had already been made aware of mysterious lights in the sky a few days before the UFO made its broad appearance, 
across the plains of Medford. A gentleman named Philip Keeler, who was a resident of Owatonna, called the Sheriff's Department on the evening of October 30th, where he described witnessing an apparition in the sky, including lights just east of the town. Concerned about the strange phenomenon and curious to find out if others had seen the same object, Mr. Keeler described the same narrative as that of the later witnesses. His report states that he initially thought it to be an aeroplane that was real low with the landing lights on. However, it then proceeded to grow larger in size and much brighter in color before disappearing behind the hills. The case was disregarded until the night in question, where Steely, County Deputy Sheriff Aldo Paddle, who was also present and on duty at the time of the sighting, reviewed the situation in full. Deputy Paddle, another non-believer, assumed that the sightings were nothing more than abnormally shaped stars or weather balloons of some sort. This theory was subsequently investigated by the local press and national weather services. No recorded weather balloons were reported as having set off in the town or nearby areas that night, especially due to the late hour and difficulties they would have faced whilst in mid-air. This coupled with the fact that at the time, such weather balloons did not emit the aforementioned light displays described by the townsfolk, and so this theory was scrapped. Investigations were therefore opened and a broad search of the town, its hillsides and desolate terrains began. One particular area of examination centered on the local high school football field, where the Kay family unfortunately lost track of the UFO. What was found left them surprised and confused, and has raised numerous questions ever since. Though it may not have been considered mind-blowing or downright terrifying, Part of the field itself was noted as being extremely stained in a patchy brown colour that spanned approximately 13 square feet of its pitch. Thoughts immediately turned to the possibility that the mysterious craft had indeed landed on the grassy field and may have been the scene of an extraterrestrial visit from unknown entities and their technological flying machines. Enter Dr. J. Allen Hynek. As many of you may know, if you are a regular viewer of this channel, or have a keen interest in UFOs, that Dr. Hynek was an American astronomer, professor, and ufologist, who became famous for his formulaic scale in determining close encounters by alien intelligence. The various types of encounters range from one to five and are calculated using multiple aspects and characteristics in relation to such encounters. During his time at the Center for UFO Studies, or CUFOS, Dr. Hynek was called in by local officials to examine and offer his expert opinion on the curious case. Along with a small team of investigators and advisors, including those from the New Frontiers in Space Phenomenal Research, local radio, and even a professional photographer from Japan, Hynek got to work on his study at Medford. Samples of soil, grass, and dirt were exhumed and logged for testing by the lab technicians in Kansas in the hope of finding some unknown chemical or physical trace of alien technology. Heat traces, livestock, and witnesses of the craft, as well as local townsfolk who were not even aware of the situation, were questioned on the happenings of that evening. In the end, after taking into account the landscape, police reports, witness testimonies, and aerial recordings from the 2nd of November, Dr. Hynek's hypothesis was rather disappointing. Describing the incident as an in-between case, Hynek paired multiple witness testimonies with very little evidence presented, 
and considered the time of evening and weather conditions, classified the event as a close encounter of the first kind, nocturnal lights in the sky. The mediocre result of Heineck and his team was felt throughout the town and its inhabitants, who were hoping for something more exciting, or at least conclusive in their report. Heineck himself was also left frustrated at the time, as multiple resources had been wasted on what was expected to be a considerable case involving a small town with a big discovery. He stated that we are limited in funds, so we have to focus on the good cases, and let a host of in-betweens go. Even though the UFO professor was confident in his belief that unidentified phenomena and that of aliens do indeed exist, he was not afraid to undermine certain events or revert to skepticism on occurrences that he did not regard as research-worthy. Unfortunately for Medford, this was one of those cases that didn't make the grade. And yet, despite this initial letdown, the strange events that occurred in this small Minnesota town would be thrust back into the spotlight a few months later, when it received a visit from none other than Captain Spock himself, actor Leonard Nimoy. Accompanied by a film crew and sketch artists from the TV series In Search Of, the actor brought a fresh approach and excitement to Medford and its people as they flocked to see the man in person. The show itself was broadcast on a weekly basis from 1977 to 1982, whose primary goal was to investigate and discuss all things paranormal and or unexplained. During their time in the region, filming took place within various outland areas and towns such as Mellon and Wisconsin, where a family had also witnessed a strange aircraft that had landed just outside of their house. The event, which took place a few months prior to the happenings in Medford, were included to complete the editing of the episode, which was hosted by Nimoy and presented both events in detail. The sketch artists were actually law enforcement employees and were recruited in an attempt to accurately represent the statements and data from the witnesses at the scene, especially Mrs. K and her young family. During the episode, interviewers sat down with the Ks to discuss the events that took place that evening, complete with B-roll footage of Mrs. K walking around the football field, where the discoloured patch of grass was still clearly visible. Final data from the soil analysis was also discussed, which did in fact detect some increased luminescence, and many have indicated exposure to that of high intense radiation. However, nothing was deemed conclusive or evidence of alien activity. The show was broadcast, and though entertaining, did not provide concrete definitions as to what the aircraft was, where it was heading, or the remnants of its visit upon the town. Perhaps it's worth having a look for yourselves and making up your own mind. It's safe to assume that in today's multifunctional, instantaneous world of technology, interplanetary space travel, and disclosed documents, the case for every UFO sighting is indeed worthy of investigation. In the case of the Medford incident, funding, entertainment, and limited evidence all contributed to a flyby visit to a town, which may or may not have been visited by alien intelligence and extraterrestrial beings. It may be the case and opinion of those who attended the scene of the sightings that nothing seemed out of the ordinary, but for those who looked up to the skies that evening, well, they tell a different story. We live in a time where opinions and criticisms are constantly being thrown around, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, or other platforms. Yet sometimes it's the discussions we have with normal people from small towns and quiet neighborhoods that are the ones worth listening to. What do you think? 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Destination Declassified. Join us next time for more stories and accounts of UFOs and conspiracy theories from around the globe. As ever, keep looking up and keep searching.